Go with me to the book of um, Philippians. Philippians chapter 4. I want to read from there, and I promise you I will not be long before you. Um, just a couple of things I need to extract from this so we can hear and be who God would have us to be. Here is how God moves and how God works. If you find yourself later on this day just singing, you made a way, there's God reminding you that you didn't do it, did it, do it, he did. You kind of get what I'm saying? So here's my response to you. I don't care where you're at, respond. Right? Just stop and sing. If you're in the movies, watching Avengers, and he says, you made a way, just tell the folk in the theater, excuse me. And go you in a corner, do what you got to do, and go back to your seat. Amen? <laughs> but, but that's God reminding you that it's about him. And I think given the context of the message that we've been sharing, it's just very, very appropriate for what God is doing. So let me pray, then I'll read through and talk you through uh, the message this morning. Um, and then we'll, we'll shift gears. Lord, we thank you for you. Thank you for making a way. Thank you for being God. Thank you for being provider. Thank you for being all of that, Lord. So we worship you this morning in the beauty of your holiness. I am especially grateful for the atmosphere of worship that you set, God, from sound check this morning up until now. And you just wanted to be worshiped today, God. And so we thank you for that, Lord. So I thank you for every person that participated, um, Keegan on sound, God, um, Tad on guitar, Dominique Keys, John Bass, Sherman Drums, just all the vocals, everybody who are technical people, God, um, lights, cameras, everyone. It, it takes a comprehensive team to create an atmosphere of worship. So we give praise to you, Eddie, everyone, everyone who participated, everyone who participated, even those who prayed this morning, Lord, Derek, Annie, Katani, uh, every, I just give every one to you, God, Vernon, uh, Mother Jackie, God, everyone who participated in the service today, we, we give it to you. We don't take that lightly, and we don't take it for granted. So I pray for power for the next five to ten minutes as I just share um, from my heart what you want me to say to this congregation, God, to get back to the place where you would have us to be. So we give this to you. You be glorified. In your name we pray and thank you. Amen. And amen. If you have been visiting with us and you have been missing um, the sermon series, I would love to encourage you to either go online and um, you can download it uh, either iTunes from the podcast or you can go to the church app and you can get caught up. But in Philippians chapter 4, go to Philippians chapter 4 and jump down pointedly to verse 10. I want to pick up there. But just to give you a little bit of background on what we've been doing, where we are, We've been teaching about the whole concept of giving um, is our act of worship. And today, I want to focus on that last phrase. And the reason I want to focus on that last phrase is because this passage of Scripture connects the dots. And I'm going to be moving really quick because I don't want to be before you long. Connects the dot between what we've been talking about in Genesis chapter 3, um, specifically that whole narrative and story of Cain and Abel bringing their offering to God. Where we ended up last week is we looked at the whole premise, the fact that God wants to be first. And this Wednesday is so important. Listen to this. Wednesday we were sharing and Tracy shared in her comments um, 
Next does not mean first. Y'all get that, right? So don't make the mistake of putting him next and then think you've done something good. <laughs> Come on, y'all. Right? I, I like that. I like that, Trace, wherever you are. Thank you for that. So Katani said, you need to do a series on that. Yeah, don't put God next. But here's what happened. Cain and Abel brought their offering to God, and Abel's offering was accepted, or God had regard, or God paid attention to. Abel's offering he ignored, and then the Lord said this to, to Cain. He says, if you do what's right, will you not be accepted? Meaning, if you, don't, if you do the right thing, won't you be lifted up? And I need to say this this way because I want to segue into where I'm going. If you do the right thing, will... Um, you can be or receive the blessing that Cain received. And if you were here last week, you remember me with that Abel received. You remember me saying last week that Abel brought his offering to the Lord. God had regard on it. And Abel went back home. And there's no more continued dialogue. God just keeps blessing him. Y'all remember that? He just receives the blessing because God was first. God was first. Come on, say God was first. Here's, here's Cain on the other hand. Cain did not do the, not the right thing. His countenance fell, but yet and still God approached him. And God said to him, if you do what's right, will your face or your countenance be lifted or will you not be accepted? And so when it came to doing the right thing, I took you to Malachi chapter 3 where the Israelites had a very similar situation where they had strayed away from God, temple was in ruins, all that good stuff, and they were praying, Lord, bless me, Lord, bless me, Lord, bless me. And here's God's res response. Return to me and I will return to you. Okay, very, very simple principle, very, very simple process. And I just want to hang my hat here for a few moments. Return to me, God said, and I will return to you. Okay, come on, say return to God, and he will return to you. One more time, say it again. Say return to God, and he will return to you. And it's out of that framework now that I want to jump all the way to the New Testament and give you an example of some of the same principles um, at a quick level that we shared in the New Testament where Paul now, he has a relationship with this church at Philippi. And you'll find that as Paul had gone about his missionary journeys and his going and coming, the, the believers at Philippi were very consistent in providing financial support for Paul. Something happened that broke that gap where they were not or not able to continue their support for some season of time. And then all of a sudden, this letter in Philippi, uh, Philippians surfaces, and Paul now is expressing excitement. He is expressing gratitude for them. Um, let me use the term reviving or returning or re-engaging him in their commitment to him. So there's four brief things I want to share from the passage. If we can put the first one on the screen, we're going to walk through it really quick so you can kind of see what it is saying. So here's the thing. The first thing I want you to understand, if we are going to return to God, it begins with us renewing our commitment to God. Okay? So repeat after me. Say, I must renew my commitment to God. One more time, say again. Say, I must renew my commitment to God. I'm going to walk you through this real quick. So look with me real quick at chapter, chapter 4 of Philippians, verse 10. I'm just going to read and then I'm going to share and talk through because uh, I want you all to get this in your spirit. If you're in verse 10, say amen. 
Verse 10 says, this is Paul speaking now to the Philippians, I rejoice in the Lord greatly that now at length, and it's an interesting word, you have revived your concern for me. And then notice what he says. You were indeed concerned for me, but you had no opportunity. Now, what's striking about that word revived, it's, it's pretty much a, uh, what's it called, a, uh, a botanical term, what meaning that, you know how it is, we're in the spring season, or we're getting to the beginning of spring, so right around there, summer, almost there, but if you notice, life is growing again, Right? The trees are budding. The trees are producing new leaves and blossoms and flowers. And perennials are just growing all over the place. And, and basically what's happened is that the season come and season go and things happen and life happens. But then it gets to a place where we enter a new season and there comes a point where we need to blossom again in God. Does that make sense, y'all? Let me talk about me. I can't talk about you. For me, life happens. Okay, and then as life happens, sometimes in my own personal journey, I will forget who God is and what God has done for me. Come, say, yeah, come. So I wish I had one person say, yeah, preacher, that's me too. Yeah, don't just make it look like I'm the only sinner up in here, up in here, up in here, all right? So, so here's what happens. The garden's here, and as time progresses, I stray away, I stray away. But then when I get a revelation of who God is and what God has done for me, the fact that he made a way out of no way, the fact that he moved mountains, come on, the fact that he performs miracles, come on, the fact that he did all that stuff, I'm reminded of who he is, and I realize that it's not about me. So there comes a point in time in my journey where I need to revive or renew my commitment to God. Here's what that means. We've been talking about financial resources. I need to shift some things around to let God know that I'm re-engaging him. Right? Here's what it looks like in our marital ceremony. After years of marriage and things have gotten rough, and Pastor Katani and I are going to be talking about this in the next series, every now and then, here's what we have, a marriage renewal vows. And the reason we do that is to let our spouse or loved one know, I still love you. God needs to know that we still love him. All right? So number one, the first thing Paul says, I'm excited, I'm excited that you have renewed your commitment to me. Go to the second thing real quick. Let me just walk through this, okay? Notice the second thing real quick. This is important. This is important. If I'm going to renew my commitment, okay, it requires that I can't continue living life the way I do I need to somehow in my personal life, you need to somehow in your personal life, master the challenges of life. Okay, so here's what it is. Returning to God now, it requires that I do what? I master life's circumstances. I want you all to get what that means. Okay, this is very, very important because a lot of us don't know who we are in God. And we allow life to shape us and shift us and mold us and cause us to do all kinds of crazy things. But I want you to lock into this. So notice what, look, read with me, read with me verse 11. He says this. Here's what Paul says now that he received the gift. They, they brought him a gift and they revived their commitment. And he says, not that I am speaking of being in need. Lock into this. For I have learned in whatever situation I am, to be content. That's heavy. That's heavy. I know 
how to be brought low, and I know how to abound. In and every circumstance, and watch this, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger and abundance and need. Stop. Okay? Here's what Paul says. I have learned, if I'm going to master life, what contentment means. So here's what that looks like physically. This is a very, very important concept, okay? The reason for a lot of us, God is next, is because we're not content with the current blessing he's given us. So what happens is you come to church and you see a car in your spot that looks a little newer than yours. Oh, don't act like you hadn't done this. And you've got to one-up somebody. You can't even afford it. Hoopty was doing just fine. Come on, y'all. Out of budget. What do we do? Because we want to please the flesh, we go do crazy things. All right? Okay? Come on, does this make sense? Now, this is my problem. This is not your problem. This is my problem. I'm so lazy. I hate cooking. I do. I, heck, I don't even try. So when Katani goes out of town, here's my problem. I eat out like it ain't nobody's business. If y'all ever come to my house, y'all notice how many two-go trays we have? <laughs> we have enough for the whole church, right? That's my problem, okay? But here's the problem with that. It causes resources. It, it, it takes resources to do that, right? And I'm always trying to, to do something that I shouldn't be doing. And what the text is saying is that if God has provided groceries in my house, my contentment, I shouldn't overexert myself, do crazy things that I can't handle. I should be able to master life circumstances. Watch, watch this. Whether hungry, whether well-fed, well, wherever I find myself, I have lot should learn the secret of being content. Because a new pair of Jordan comes out, if the old one don't have holes in it, I don't need to go get the new. Oh, y'all don't know nothing about that. Y'all don't know, yeah. I grew up with cardboard in my shoes. I'm not saying go get cardboard in your shoes. But contentment. Here's why this is important. If we cannot position ourselves to being content with life, Life will dictate to you what contentment means. And the purpose of the TV commercials, guess what? It's to tell you, you need to get this. And guess what we do? If we don't master life and master the circumstances and situations of life, we will fall prey. So here's what Jesus, I mean, what, what God said to, to Cain in the book of Genesis, right? If you open the door, you're going to allow the, the, um, the, the, the enemy to come in, but you must rule over it or you must what? Master it. So if we're going to return to God, the reason a lot of us have God next and not first is because we have not yet mastered life. Let me hurry on. because So watch what Paul says. I've learned the secret. And watch the secret. Watch the secret real quick. Verse 13. I can do. Yeah, 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 yeah. Through what? Who does what? I got to say this. I got to say this because some of y'all have jacked the scripture up. Here's what you said. You've seen that new car. This is what you do. And here's what you share. And you use this scripture out of context. I can do all things. 
so I can go get that because God's going to get No, 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 no. Come on, y'all. Or, or, or you see that new home. Or you see that, or, or you see things. And, and here's what the enemy does to play trick on you. He uses the word of God out of context. No, 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 no. Here's what the text is saying. I have the strength because of who lives in me not to allow the world to dictate to me who I am or what I ought to do or how I ought to spend or how I ought to behave myself because Christ living in me, I can say no and I can stand firm because I've learned what it is to have plenty, what it is to have little, what it is to be in need, what it is to be well friend, and I can stand firm. If God doesn't want me to have it, I can stand firm because of who God is. And if I can discipline myself like that, I am guaranteeing myself that God will always be housed. And I'm never shuffling or shifting. I'm almost done. Renew the commitment to God. To maintain the renewal of the commitment, master life circumstances so they don't play games on you. This is what he's saying to the church at Philippi. The third thing is pretty heavy, okay? Put the third thing up there. Look at the third thing, okay? So here's how we return to God. By making deposits in our, what's that? Heavenly account. This is a very, very important principle that I want us to get, okay? Before I even read the text, let me go back to Cain and Abel. Abel took the first fruit of his flock. And he brought it, and he made a deposit. And he went back, and he reaped the benefits of his deposit. And let me say it this way. As long as he kept depositing, he was guaranteeing that the sheep is going to always produce. Say it again. Very, very important principle because we missed this. As long as Abel kept God first, he was guaranteeing himself that his sheep was always going to produce. One more time. One more time. As long as Cain kept God first, Abel, thank you. As long as Abel kept God first, he was guaranteeing that his sheep would always produce. Why? Because he kept making deposits in a bank that can never file bankruptcy. Let's read. Let's read. Let's read. So I can do all things, he says, through Christ who strengthened me. Verse 13, verse 14. Yet it was kind of you to share my troubles. And you Philippians yourselves know that in the beginning of the gospel, when I left Macedonia, no church entered into partnership with me in giving and receiving except only who? Come on, except only who? Only you. Come on, say only the, the Philippian church. So watch this. He goes out. He does his missionary journey. Nobody's helping him but the church at Philippi. And then look what he says. Even in Thessalonica, you sent me help for your needs once and again. Now, verse 17 is a kicker. Look at verse 17. 
I'm not seeking the gift, but I seek the fruit that increases to your credit. You got to get that. You got to get, church, you have to get that. If you don't hear anything else, okay? Because the point says we return to God by making deposits in our heavenly account. So listen to what Paul says. I get it that you brought me the gift. I appreciate it. Thank you for the offering. Thank you for all of that. But please understand, it wasn't that you had to give for me to live. Right? Because I've learned contentment. So by virtue of the fact that you're doing this, here's what he said. The benefactor is really you and not me. Do you all see that, guys? Come on, do you see that? Do you see that in the text? You got to see this. I'm almost done with this. You have to see this in the text. He says, verse 17, but I seek the fruit, not that I seek the gift, but I seek the fruit that increases to your credit. So here's, it's, it's almost as Paul saying this. By virtue of the fact that you continually put God first, every time you make a deposit, I just happen to be the vehicle through which you're making the deposit. But understand, your gift isn't blessing me or isn't about me. It's about what you're doing for you. Oh, my gosh, you got to get this. You got to get this. You got to get this. Look how I was there with in other words, he's saying your gift is demonstrating several things. It's demonstrating, number one, that you're spiritually mature and you understand the principle of keeping God first, not next. You understand the principle that as long as you keep making heavenly deposits, and the reason I'm using the word heavenly deposits is this, because you're not giving for the now, you're not giving for immediate return, you're giving for tomorrow for, let me use a funny word, for in the eschaton or in the end time when Christ comes. Because lock into what this looks like. Here's what Paul really saying to them. Hey, the, the, the gift, let me use a, a spiritual word that y'all know about. The seed that you're sowing right now is not to bless me, but you're positioning yourself so when you get to heaven, there's going to be stars. I wish I had somebody in here. Stars in your crown. The best way I can illustrate this is like this. I came to Christ at the age of 12. Here's the funny thing about my salvation experience. I was in the backwoods of the islands, St. Croix, um, at a vacation Bible school. It was a church from Lord I don't know where came to St. Croix to conduct a vacation Bible school. And these missionaries came in the neighborhood and they rounded up a bunch of kids for five days. And they took the kids out into the back hills in this neighborhood and they taught us the Bible. And I'll never forget this. Friday, at the end of the week long, they said this, who wants to give their life to Christ? I raised my hand. Okay? Now watch this, watch this, watch this. I got saved, and what you see today is a product of somebody, I wish I had somebody, putting God first. So here's what this is going to look like. When I get to heaven... I'm going to say, God, Peter, James, whoever's at the gate has the missionary that led me to Jesus made it in yet. Because I want to tell whoever that person, y'all not hearing me, 
thank you. Okay, you get what I'm saying? Because they've got credit in their account that they don't know nothing about because of deposits that I wish I had somebody in here. The reason you're here, the reason you're safe, come on, you don't know the lives we could be impacting, the people in a row or the homes that can be saved, the children that can be brought to God when you make deposits in your heavenly account such that when you get to heaven, there might be a celebration. So here's what Paul says. Here's what Paul says. I'm, I'm done. Here's what Paul says. Man, I'm excited for your parade. You think they throw a Super Bowl parade? You don't understand what you're doing, right? You don't understand what you're doing by putting God first. And so look at the last thing. Go to the next thing real quick, and I'm done with this. Fourth one. And so because you've made deposits, you're positioned to make withdrawals. Though nothing drive me more insane than charismatic folk. I'm going to release a word over your life. God's going to supply all your needs. God's going to bless you with a husband. He's going to bless you. And person don't know God, ain't never gave to God, and they got an empty bank account up in heaven. I hope y'all didn't miss that. Nothing to withdraw from. Listen to the context of the message. Philippian church, because you renewed your commitment, and it ain't about me because I've mastered life circumstances, and because you've made deposits in your heavenly account, listen to the conclusion. My God shall supply what? All of your needs. How? According to his riches in glory, based on what? Oh, I wish I had. Maybe y'all think I'm making it up. Let's read, let's read, let's read, let's read. It's in there, it's in there, it's in there. I'm done, I'm done. It's in there. Listen to what he says. I have received, verse 18, full payment and more. I am well supplied, having received from Epaphroditus the gift you sent, a fragrant offering, a sacrifice, accepting and pleasing to God. And it is in that context he says this. And my God will supply every need of yours according to his what? Riches in glory in Christ Jesus. And he closes with this, to our God and Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. Come on, worship team. So here's what this looks like. Because Cain kept making deposits. Abel, thank you, thank you. Thank you all. Thank you for listening. Because Abel kept making deposits. Every time he go home, he'd watch that sheep. Pop, pop. Sheep, you could pop, pop. They're popping out. Kind of get what I'm saying? Interest on his investment. Does this make sense, guys? I think, I think one of the dominant reasons I'm alive today is because God answers prayers. Please don't misinterpret what I'm going to say. Mother Jackie, I think the same is true for you. God wanted you to be here today. Is that, and you needed to hear her testimony. Here's what she said this morning, and I'm done. I, 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 God wasn't always where God was in my life, is what you said this morning. 70-something years, did I hear you say? Smoking 70-something years. Light, lung shot. But now she's at a place where you can't convince her not to keep God first. Come on, y'all. Y'all not hear me. You can't convince her. 
You can't convince her. Here's all God wants from us by way of worship. Don't put idols before him. Begin the process of returning by putting him where he rightly belongs. And so you don't misinterpret me. And so I can be very, very clear and pointed to you. I'm not trying to guilt anybody. I'm not trying to convict anybody of anything. What I am trying to do is to get us to begin the process of moving God up the continuum to where he's first. Okay, so here's what that means. If you're a 10% tither, cool. Keep going, right? If you are a 0% tither or offering person, start with one. Maybe you can't afford one because you haven't mastered life yet. Start with half. Let me say it differently. Get in where you fit in. And here's what you say to God. Whenever your sheep or your vine produces, if all you can do is half a percent, take that half a percent and stop whatever you're doing and come to God. Say thank you. Hear me out. Begin the process. And then when you go back and you like, pop, pop, man, I, dang. And he kept blessing you from that little half. You increase that half to one. Lord, thank you. And before you know it, you're going to be like, hey, God, guess what? I don't have to wait for nothing to come out. I got you straight. Because you've been blessing me. Are you hearing me? Are you hearing me? Because you've been blessing me. Get in where you fit in because all God wants is that. You shall have no other gods before me. And when I make the mistake of not worshiping God first, I'm messing up every single time. Why? He made a way. It's about him. I want to continue making deposits on my account. Come on, bow your heads with me. Bow your heads with me. You made a way.